Greetings and welcome to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where we'll discuss the art and stylings of Ryan Marlett. The artwork is all over the place, so be advised it could be fun, but it could be dark. It might be a painting, drawing, sculpture, Halloween prop, action figure or song. Each episode will feature a piece or pieces and the insight behind them. Hopefully you'll like some stuff, other things you may not. No worries. Chances are also that you'll likely be offended at some point but hopefully we'll also share some laughs along the way. Art has always been a part of Ryan's life and this is a way to document his work and share it with you. If you get butt hurt easily, consider this your warning. Besides, your mom likes his artwork. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> Hey there, Marley mates. Welcome back to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where we talk about all stuff and things in my artwork. And as we've talked about in the past, and just about every freaking episode, it's no surprise that I am heavily influenced by pop culture and nerd culture and stuff I grew up with and stuff I just can't let go of. So I'm going to talk a little bit about a couple of pieces today that... One, I I love half of it. You'll see what I mean here shortly. I like the other half, but I really love one half of it. And then another one that I did in a similar style, but I try to challenge myself a little bit outside of my comfort zone. So I have many, many of these type of pieces that were influenced and kind of produced in that magazine cover style where uh, I've, I've talked about like comic book art and I've talked about comic covers and magazine covers and so forth. But I, I went through a period where I did almost exclusively this type of work all the time, like constantly. I just did several pieces like this where I would kind of just draw inspiration from other covers and then create my own. I would just make them up. And sometimes they would be original characters. Sometimes they would be just wanting to highlight and acknowledge some of my favorite movie monsters or sci-fi heroes or what have you. And so today I'm going to talk about two different pieces. And one is a pretty good size. The other one's a little bit smaller, but both have a similar type of influence. And I think you'll be able to appreciate some of this, uh, some of this, I don't know, the, the style, maybe. I think you'll see a lot of elements that I use in other aspects of my artwork. It's very similar to how I've used various techniques and, and other stuff. Like, of course, I do a lot of mixed media collage. This is exactly that. It's exactly mixed media collage in every sense of the word. And a lot of Sharpie work, a lot of acrylics. Uh, I promise I'm not a one-trick pony. I, I do do other stuff, but I just I tend to to lean towards these types of pieces. And so, um, hopefully, you dig it. I really like them, and let's see what you think.
some of the stuff that I've done is more recent. Some of the stuff that I've done is um, many, even decades old at this point. This is a piece that actually, believe it or not, I couldn't locate <laughs> much information on. Uh, based on the, the subject and the content of it, I can tell you some details using my Batman detective comic skills that uh, I can kind of put some pieces together to figure it out, but uh, I'll explain more about that in the meantime. But I didn't have any pictures. Usually I would take a picture of something once I finish it, and I know it's finished because it's signed, so I, uh, I looked through my photo archives and I've got nothing. So I'm not sure exactly what to think, but uh, I'll give you a ballpark idea. It's, it's an untitled piece. Obviously, I have no information on it, so I definitely don't have a title on it. Usually, and I've been trying to get better of writing and documenting things on the very backs of them at, at a minimum moving forward. But this is completely blank on the back. It's 16 by 20 on uh, mixed media collage on canvas. Primarily acrylic and Sharpie for the artistic elements. And then the collage aspect of it is showcased in a way that I've told you before. I save everything. I save wrappers. I save packaging. I save magazines, articles, newspapers. Like if I see something that I think I could draw inspiration from or even use in a piece sometime later on, I'm going to save it. And so with this series of resembling magazine covers, I use them to kind of look at like the text and the different features that you'll you'll find on magazines, and I think it works. And I'll, I'll explain a little bit more in detail. But I said before in the intro that I like half of this piece and I love the other half. So what I did with this and, and a number of the pieces that are done in this style is that I would divide the canvas into multiple sections as, as far as like resembling a stack of magazines or just a couple of loose random magazines on top of each other overlapping. And so one of these is inspired by famous monsters of Filmland. The other is inspired by Fangoria. And the monster mags to me are really just top notch when it comes to the cover art. They were always incredible, even if sometimes they were they were actually photographs or they were stills from a film. A lot of times, most times, they were artist renditions of different characters or scenes and whatnot. And so on top of that, you'd have all the different text and copy from whatever was being featured in that particular issue. So on this one, I did uh, a well-known character and I, I created a character. And so the emphasis here was on science fiction. And for the famous monsters, it composes the majority of the right side as you're looking at it, face on, is uh, the right side of the piece. And it's a very extreme close-up of RoboCop. And I think it's pretty cool. It's done primarily in, in acrylic and then very much embellished in, in Sharpie. And it has uh, a lot of use of silver paint pen because it captures a lot of the, the different metallics that obviously he's so much where he was uh, rebuilt and still had to go to work the next day, you know what I'm saying? So he uh, 
he's just a very close up of his face, of his kind of his neck and just a just below his uh the top of his his chest there. But what I did with text and collage, I wrote on it where it says famous monsters at the top, the monsters is behind him. So his head is is kind of in front of it in the foreground. Monsters is done in a kind of a gold like a uh, very like a gold yellow type color not so much like a metallic gold and behind that has like even like a greenish glow to it i use a lot of spray paint because i can add several layers and i love the way that it just kind of mists over things where it's a little bit of a different application than you would get from a, a utilizing a brush and so i i had a variety of colors where you've got some dark greens and some light greens where it's in the middle it's kind of a glowing right above the the n and the s towards the middle of the word and it says famous written in sharpie and monsters obviously is the more of the classic logo and even that's outlined in sharpie and then it has a big 1987 just handwritten in a very thick sharpie above that and over Robocop's head, it says Detroit's finest. And then the rest of this side of it is primarily use of different things that I saved for the collage aspect. Now, I took a an insert from a model kit that I had. It was probably a monster model. I, I can think it's probably either uh, the mummy or a Dracula kit that I have. And I cut out the words that says hobby coverage. And so that's just plastered on there, kind of right in the middle, uh, off to the right-hand side, but middle. I had the word zombies that was taken off of a desk calendar that each day you would pull off a different, like one of those really big, thick pads. You'd rip off the date. And it was from that, and I basically ripped it along the edges, so it, it gives that, that implied rip to it. And then below... I have a ticket stub from the witch house and it is from Salem, Massachusetts. And so it's got some punches in it and it has even that I used to kind of rip in some spots so that it's uh, it's, it's a used ticket stub, but it's also just kind of torn and it's, it's, it adds that artistic kind of embellishment there. Now with that, all of this stuff is very crude. So like the lines don't necessarily, it's not like a prim and proper neat looking magazine cover. It's implied that it's a magazine cover, but the line work, the trim, the embellishments where it's collaged over, it all overlaps. It is layered. It goes off the page. It goes off the the edge, like none of it really makes sense. It's very much expressionistic in terms of just kind of being implied and everywhere, but nothing super crazy uh, in terms of precision. And so if you're looking at it, expecting to see a rendition of a, a realism type cover of the magazine, you're not going to get that. Now, the other side of the piece is what I love, love, love. And it's this side that helps me kind of understand, I think, the general time frame of when it was because of some of the contents within that. Now, 
I know that in the Robocop side, it says the witch house, and that was taken from when I was in, uh, had visited Salem, which I had a general ballpark time for the first time that I had gone there. The second side that I love, love, love that I've mentioned before is really kind of the focal point, even though it's a fairly balanced piece in terms of equal sizes and time dedicated, space dedicated to either side. This side is really what draws your eye in, I think, in terms of color use. Um, the RoboCop side's very somewhat monochromatic because you've got a lot of blues and blacks and silvers. They're all kind of that same metallic shade where the other side is more contrasting in terms of yellows and reds and oranges. Now, the focus of this piece altogether is science fiction. The influence is, is certain. The character that I created on the, the second side adorns a Fangoria cover, uh, of course, completely fictional, and the character itself is fictional. I, I made it up. I just kind of went with it, and she may look familiar-ish. I've done other pieces that were similar in inspiration. She is a very curvy, green, tentacled alien, and um, yeah, I wouldn't say that I have a type, but perhaps that's it, you know what I'm saying? But on this, she's right in the middle. She has a quasi-futuristic space outfit on uh, very silver very plain just like silver jumpsuit with a classic like fishbowl helmet looking thing but in that she is green in complexion she's a cyclops one-eyed looking thing but with great big red lips and green skin flowing orange hair that kind of extends beyond the scope of her fishbowl helmet her hands, or where her hands would be, the tentacles, if you will, are exposed. So that the, the green skin is kind of poking out from the ends of her silver spacesuit. And she's just kind of like standing there, kind of holding those tentacles up, just kind of looking at you with her one eye. Um, the focus around her has somewhat of an orange, yellowish orange glow. And the word Fangoria is written, or painted rather, in orange and is outlined very um, textured-like. Almost, It almost kind of looks like wood grain around the edges in black Sharpie. There's a little bit of writing with Sharpie, of course. A big 2015, which to me indicates that it was around 2015 that this piece was created. And that makes sense because uh, of some of the other stuff that's on there. I mentioned before how I had visited Salem. So I was currently stationed in Rhode Island, Newport specifically. And it was shortly after... I had gotten there that I had volunteered for the Rhode Island Comic Con. And this just happened to be a couple years after that. And so I have on here uh, a cutout and decoupaged onto the piece. It says Rhode Island Comic Con, November 2nd through 3rd of 2013. 
but I'm thinking that I had probably used an older publication that had that on there so I could cut it out and utilize it. I have a beer bottle label from Samuel Adams, Fat Jack, and I did that a lot back then when I was drinking. I would really appreciate the time spent on the design and the artwork of, of beer bottle labels and packaging. And so I would try to incorporate that into my, my pieces. And this was, I'm going to assume, uh, created either towards the end of a summer or early fall or even mid to late fall for that matter, because I utilized the beer bottle label. And I also wrote on there this fall as if it's like a, like a coming soon type thing. So I'm guessing anywhere between the window of late August to early November of 2015 is when I created this. Also, I have a ticket stub from the Jurassic World movie. I save everything and it's very faded. It's very difficult to read, but I can still somewhat make it out. The, the tickets don't last as well as they used to. Just like an old man might say, oh, they don't make them like they used to, but they don't really make movie tickets like they used to. They're printed off, they're flimsy paper, if that. They used to be cardboard ticket stubs or like card stock and the, the uh, attendant would tear it, guide you to your specific theater. And like people kept those, like, I don't know, I kept them. I think they're special. It's like a, it's a little moment in time. So I, I kept that and I added it on here because I thought it would just be, you know, kind of that, that built on, built in time capsule. And lastly, I wrote kind of over um, the middle section of the piece in red Sharpie. I wrote the biggest show in the smallest state. And that was the tagline at the time for the Rhode Island Comic-Con. And I'll tell you that not to go too far out on a limb and plug in the show, but it was it was a really pretty great and impressive con. And it was fun to be a part of for several years. I think I volunteered at it for about five years because I was back-to-back -back stationed in Rhode Island and then in Connecticut. So almost equal distance between uh, each station to where it was held in Providence. And I got to volunteer for a number of years, met a, a number of great people, different people, um, got to share some experiences, was able to get my my dad and sister in on it for a little bit, and we just had a good time. And it was fun. But to watch it grow, the popularity and just the, the way the show really took off, it was held at the Dunkin' Donuts Arena at the Dunk, and then... It extended into the convention center as well. And so it almost doubled in size over the course of the time that I was working at it, volunteering there. So pretty impressive. And they've definitely brought in some really significant talent names. So no uh, no shameless plug here. I haven't been in, in several years, but uh, from what I recall, it was always a, a great time. A lot of work, really busy and, and hectic, but also uh, a lot of fun and a, a great thing to, to look back on. So. I like to incorporate stuff like that into my work because I think it's it's meaningful to me of what I'm experiencing at, at moments in my life. Like as as I mentioned on here, this entire piece it, it acknowledges the Rhode Island Comic Con, which I was my my experiences there were very fun and I'm, I'm very fond of. And you know, times that I visited Salem, that was always a really incredible time, just a really fun place to go. And then of course my love of science fiction and horror and just the, the classic monster magazines and things like that. So 
this is all really ties into that a ton. And like I said before, I have a lot of pieces. Like I did this with a lot of stuff and I grabbed a handful of them out of my storage unit just to bring here and talk about on the show. I'll try to spread them out a little bit so it's not too much of the same thing, too close together. But I really, it was just, it was a kick that I was on and it lasted for a very long time. Like I, I'm on to say like years. And it was almost like if I was doing a piece, like it was, this was my immediate go-to. Like if I wanted to, I don't know, if I got a, a wild hair up about something, like this was how I was going to discuss it. This is, or rather create it. And so it was going to be in this format, in this style. And, and I just kept doing it. I've got them of all different sizes. I've got full size, big canvas pieces where I might feature a couple of different magazine covers, couple, two, three. I might do smaller pieces where they're individual. I don't know. It was just all over the place, but I just, I really enjoyed it. And I've got one more to talk about. That's, well, you'll see. So the third piece right now is, and you know what? I don't even know if I mentioned the dimensions of the other one. It's 16 by 20. Um, no idea when when it was finished, but like I said, we're, we got that ballpark window. We're just going to roll with it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to go back and rewrite history, but maybe I'll retell it. But this one is a smaller piece. It's actually only 8 by 10 on canvas and also inspired by classic monster magazines. This one is inspired by Famous Monsters of Filmland and The Walking Dead graphic novel slash comic book, if you will. And I wanted to do something a little bit different with this piece. I wanted to primarily work in the grayscale. And even though it's it's mostly mixed media, like by, by that I mean mostly just acrylic paint and Sharpie, there's a little bit of collage that I've added on here, but just very little. And so it's still in the ballpark, but it, um, I wanted to reach outside of my comfort zone and, and do it completely or mostly black and white. I guess you could say it's even inspired by a third um, influence in terms of color scheme because I introduced red into it as well. So it's not really just in the grayscale. It's essentially mostly black and white and red. And so I wanted to pay a little tribute to The Walking Dead, but specifically the character of Negan. And in the original series, the actual written publication, the the graphic novels, read them all cover to cover, love them, outstanding. It's a, it's, you know, it definitely caught us all by surprise when it ended so abruptly, but either way, it was uh, really incredible. The show too, and when that came out, uh, I'll never forget, it was terrific to be able to kind of see a lot of the scenes almost look like they stepped right off the pages of the comics, but others, of course, took a lot of creative license, introduction of new characters and what have you. I'll tell you, as I was reading the story all along, I uh, hated Negan. He was he was the worst. He was like the the very worst. And I'll tell you on the on the show, loved him. Absolutely loved him. Couldn't have been cast better. Jeffrey Dean Morgan cast of Negan was perfection, and I couldn't get enough. Like even some of the the worst episodes of some of the most horrific and graphic scenes that have ever graced a television screen 
make you want to hate him, but you just can't. I mean, I couldn't. I I thought he was incredible. And then Lucille, forget it. So I did this piece kind of as a little bit of a tribute to him. He more resembles the comic book version of Negan, but it's really mostly just a very extreme close-up of his face, his mug, and then along the edge of kind of his jawline, you can you can see Lucille kind of just uh, vertically, rather uh, diagonally going across the corner of the screen. Man, I can't even talk right. Across? Mm. Try again. After a brief pause, here we are back again just to try to use our words, ladies and gentlemen. So, where I was, as I was, Lucille comes down diagonally along the, the edge of his jawline, and you can kind of just see him, see her, oh boy, are we going to do it again? Along kind of that lower left-hand corner or third of the, of the canvas as you're looking at it head on. And so, like, that's kind of the main focus of the entire piece. Very, very, very much of an extreme close-up just his face and Lucille, but I did a lot with different shades of gray, whites, blacks, and really where the the rubber hits the road is what I did with the Sharpie. And because it was already done so in grayscale, I felt like the Sharpie had its op this opportunity to really kind of stand out more than usual. And it does. It really is very prominent, and I, I really like how it came together. Some of the areas that I was able to kind of enhance a little bit, he always wore a red scarf. And so while the whole image is in the grayscale, his scarf pops out as red. And then across the top, I've got monsters in the classic famous monsters of Filmland uh, style, also in red. And at the bottom of it, the, the bottom edge of the lettering kind of drips and smears a little bit, just enough, just a little bit into the to the rest of the gray scaled picture. And then the top of the of the text is outlined in Sharpie, and that kind of also has some detailed kind of dripping on top. And so it says famous, and then of course monsters, and then a film land. Famous and then a film land are written in Sharpie. Along the very right hand edge as you're looking at it, it says uh, vertically down the side, it says, Inside the Walking Dead, Negan. And so, in addition to that being the cover, I have a really cool skull wooden cutout that I, it's got just hundreds of layers of paint that I've used as a stencil for forever and ever. And I basically just used that to get a, a form and created this very subtle, just white, and red skull and you can hardly see a lot of detail with it but it's just kind of there it's just kind of like down in that lower left hand corner as you're looking at it and then part of the collage element was when i added a barcode i cut out a barcode because i really feel like i've added a lot of barcodes because it makes it really seem like a magazine at that point it seems more like a publication and having the title and having the, the different text on there 
just kind of makes it work. And then again with the movie stub, I used the the uh, latest Terminator film and added that to it. So that was kind of fun. And uh, yeah, I finished this on 14 June of 2020. And I just happened to be floating in the Arabian Gulf, as it so happened. The title of the piece is Famous Monsters, Negan. And that's that one. Um, really pretty basic. I can't tell you for sure how long it took me to work on it. Probably not long because being in that part of the world, um, things were a little warm. So I imagine the paint dried even faster than it normally would. But, um, you know, just drawing it out, sketching it out, I'm sure it didn't take long. And I was uh, on deployment more than ever, that one especially, because it was during the apocalypse, the, the real apocalypse, uh, the corona apocalypse, and... We were not hitting any foreign ports, so we had all this deployment money that we were essentially kind of saving up, and people were just buying stuff online like crazy because we were still able to get stuff that came out of the ship, but we just couldn't go anywhere. And so I was getting a ton of stuff off of eBay, and I, I was able to I, – I, I remember on that – I bought specifically several different Regina Spectre albums. Uh, I bought uh, some Iron Maiden, just some stuff that I I had had bits and pieces of, but never entire albums out of. And so I uh, bought probably four or five of her different records, and I think um, yeah, a couple a couple Maiden. So yeah, uh, but I always have music playing. I basically have a laptop that just had tons and tons of music on it that I just have constantly on on random. And so, you know, you get what you get. And so, yeah, that's the type of stuff that I would listen to while I would paint and do things of that nature. So you could only do so much in a day, but this was a great way to kind of unwind and be able to escape for a little bit. But yeah, that's the piece. It is no surprise that... Marley mates are indeed the greatest listeners in the galaxy. That's right. So whether you decide to support me by listening to the show week after week, tuning into the Facebook lives every now and then, or even following me on my social media pages of the Facebook and Instagram, that's greatly appreciated. But I've recently also started a merch shop. If you want to get your hands on some of the coolest Marley Ramones Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast merch, Head on over to Spreadshirt.com and find yours today. We've got logo stuff. We've got original artwork. There's plenty to choose from, and I'm always adding more. Also, I've recently started a Patreon page, and for just $5 a month, the cost of a mocha chocolate bullshit, you could have a membership to Marley Ramone's Mad Madhouse of the Dead podcast, where with every new subscription, I will send you a personalized video message and mention you by name, in a future podcast episode. If you should wish to participate, go on over and check it out. If not, no worries. I love that you keep coming back for more anyways. So I will talk to you soon. Tune in next week. Okay, folks, thank you for joining again this week. Art is a powerful thing, and I appreciate your willingness to hear my stories. And if you keep listening, I'll keep talking. 
I urge you to do what makes you happy and never accept anyone that treats you less than. Have the courage to be you and try things on. Besides, every day is Halloween. Special thanks to our friends at Pecan Pie and Subsonic Voodoo for providing these epic musical selections. To see these works as discussed, follow on Facebook at Marley Ramone's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast page or on Instagram at MRMMHOD. You can find this podcast on most major streaming platforms. And most importantly, if there's one thing that you take away from this stupid little podcast, it's to remember that you are not alone ever. Dial 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or Veterans Crisis Line, also 988, then press 1 or text to 838-255. Until next time, be creative and go tell someone you love them.